Time to abandon ship. Can I persuade you to join us for a drink? It's a tradition. Here, here. Jar Jar, call me. My main man. Quickly, before the Separatists attack, get into the escape pod. Hey! This is escape, then we're the pod. Get the Hey, welcome back to Star Wars Escape Pod. I'm your host, Josh, and today I don't have any co-host with me because I have a very special guest. His name is Dominic Pace, and he was featured as a bounty hunter called Gecko in Star Wars The Mandalorian, the pilot episode. I guess it's also subtitled as Chapter One. Uh, but uh, yeah, we talk about how that character name has come about. It's sort of like uh, Prune Face in a way. It's uh, a kind of a name that's been developed by the external community, not exactly, you know, the people in charge of the show. But uh, yeah, he actually tells me about that and uh, gives the story on how he kind of got his name going and uh, how he's been uh, being very active on social media with the whole thing. And uh, yeah, no, he's just been, he's a, this guy is a solid Star Wars fan like you know unlike unlike most of the actors on on the set who have probably not even seen the whole saga you know or even seen a single Star Wars movie uh no Dominic Pace has been a fan to the core since he was a a kid it's what got him into the acting world it's what's uh brought him all the way to the set of the Mandalorian and what started off as a simple makeup test turned into something much larger for him. And I'm so excited to have the opportunity to have chatted with him. So thank you again, Dominic Pace, so much for your time. Let's go chat with Dominic Pace. Another happy landing. Um. Yeah, um, dude, congratulations um, in uh, your part on on The Mandalorian. This is this is like super exciting. I am beyond excited. It's obviously, you know, it, it, I've, I've had 100 credits over the course of my career, 20 plus years. And this is just in a category in and of itself. It's not even so much an acting accolade as it is just a childhood dream come true. And I think every Star Wars fan is able to relate just in that regard, you know, Um uh, hmm. it, it started as a simple makeup test, and that really is what kind of threw me because I wasn't expecting, you know, I, I almost kind of gave up on the dream because a lot of Star Wars productions are filmed in England, they're filmed in Australia, and more often than not, it's just not not a possibility to uh, sort of, you know, have it have, kind of motivate yourself to be able to get into the project. It just has to call you. And yeah. it ended up happening, and it was just uh, beyond words. Uh, so it's just still kind of taking a deep breath. We uh, were. A little out of focus last night in the first episode, but still, just to be still established in the universe is beyond words. Um, oh, but yeah, I'm for just sure. Really excited and, and heavily anticipating uh, an episode that's coming up very shortly um, to where hopefully that's where all the action and all the fun is going to happen for, for my bounty hunter there. Oh, that's fantastic. So you're in more than one episode then? Oh, I hope so. Yeah. If I was out of focus and just that was it, I mean, it would be a little bittersweet. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah. You know, between the trailer and I mean, as a matter of fact, that shot in the trailer. I think there's going to be probably in another episode as well. So we'll be featured throughout. Um, but it's this one specific situation to where it really was the money uh, uh, stuff. And, and that's what I'm really looking forward to, just because it's one thing to be in Star Wars. It's another thing 
to have action because I think, you know, especially us as boys and girls growing up in the 80s, I mean, uh, the excitement of Star Wars was about action. And ultimately, that, that was the most important thing. So um, I, I can't tell you how excited I am. I can't give any spoilers away, but uh, let's just say uh, some exciting things are coming up there for, for the bounty hunter there. Oh yeah, absolutely. We'll we'll circle back to the to your character on on uh, Mandalorian, but uh, I just want to quickly ask you, like like you you're a Star Wars fan to the core, right? Oh man, since I was five years old, you know the first thing I remember was a cantina playset. Uh, my mother got uh, we she was a single mom, so we didn't have much money. So those twelve figures, you know, we didn't have social media at that time, so we had such a, a bond, I think, with our toys at that age because there were not too many distractions. So between those uh, original 11 or 12 figures plus the Cantina playset, you know, it just had a real profound effect on me as a child, not to mention watching Empire Strikes Back when I was six years old, where George Lucas was so ahead of his time, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, absolutely. So it, it, I think just growing up in the 80s and then carrying that out until 1983 to where, you know, Return of the Jedi came, which was such an awesome, you know, follow-up to, to Empire Strikes Back, especially for, a, at that time, I was about uh, eight or nine and then those figures too that that whole Jabba playset and all the little side characters um to me just again had and, and it was also a time where i believed in santa so that kind of made it a little bit more magical as well so just a lot of uh, amazing memories that go back a long time and then even going up to the prequels and 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 going through you know the new sequels now i've just mm -hmm. been a lifelong fan let's just say that oh yeah absolutely and you know it, it was only earlier today that i actually i saw i don't know how old it was now but there was a clip of you showing off a massive display of star wars toys it was that was that at your house and are, are those are those things all yours and that is that is correct i actually have it uh, i'm looking at it right now i actually have it uh, <laughs> separated to where i have the six original bounty hunters which were my original figures as a kid plus my yeah. favorite people say what's your favorite collectible i love that icons line uh mm -hmm. that they had about 10 15 years ago I, my luke skywalker saber is up on top I have a friend of mine from Ohio who actually went ahead and made a Funko Pop figure of my character, uh, which, again, is just amazing to me. That's the next dream. And hopefully oh, awesome. it'll be phase two after these next few episodes air. Uh, hopefully, God willing, uh, my, my character will get a figure. But you just never know. Um, oh, man, one of my yeah. favorite blasters is the Han Solo blaster. So I have a replica of that. A 12-inch figure of uh, Billy D. Williams uh, signed and personalized to me. Uh, personalized autographed to, uh, by Tamora Morrison uh, to my two sons. My first original comic book, I have a couple of dioramas. And on the bottom, I have a couple of dioramas, uh, those, those package ones. They did a great job with uh, of Cantina Aliens and uh, some of the people on the skiff. And they're a tribute to the side characters. So just to be one, I ha wanted mm. to have like a little cube to, uh, to honor them because hopefully we'll be immortalized alongside them over the next couple of weeks there. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, it's it's that's the thing about Star Wars. Like even even if a character is in the background and they don't have any lines. But I mean, all legends start off like that. I mean, like look at Bosk, IG-88, Dengar, like they're all they're all Zuckus, Forloom. They're all uh, bounty hunters that have, you know, absolutely nothing to say, but they're there. And then the fandom goes by and and, you know, the uh, the stories get built uh, through books, comics, video games, you know, the toys, the uh, the visual dictionaries, they get backstories. It's you know, it's amazing, like how how deep some of these characters go. And even if they're in the movie for like a couple seconds. So, uh, you know, it's, and, and it's, you bring up a really good point, because I'm always careful who I speak with, because some people there and I'm like, you know, I'm featured and I, I've got, you know, I've got a little bit of this and I've got a little bit of that coming up. 
and you know, you talk to a Star Wars fan and they're just like, oh my God, you know, because you know that you can have the figure and just everything that you spoke of. But then yep. when I talk to people outside, I, I've guest starred on numerous shows. And they're like, wait a second, wait, what, 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 what are you? And I'm just like, no, you don't understand. <laughs> yeah, one, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely, so, yeah. So, yeah, yeah most people, you know, people outside the fandom are, are they, you know, they look at it as like, oh, cool, you're in Star Wars, and oh, wait a minute, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah. which one are you again? <laughs> right, exactly. But, uh, but yeah, no, it's, uh, no, no, this is fantastic, like, you know, to everyone in the, in the community of fans that, that uh, you know, know exactly, you know, the importance of this kind of role, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty cool, and your character looks amazing, by the way, it's a fantastic costume. Thank you so much. That's a tribute. I'd like to uh, just uh, call out Brian Sype. Brian Sype is from Legacy Effects. He headed up Drax for Guardians of the Galaxy. Legacy Effects is one of the most legendary um, uh, makeup prosthetic companies in Hollywood. They work with Marvel, Disney, all these major motion uh, pictures. I went in for a simple makeup test. I'm a blue collar actor. That's what I've been saying and that I take any job. I will have my agents at times, you know, say, Dom, you got to hold out just for a guest star. Otherwise, you're not going to climb. You've got to hold out for series regular. Otherwise, you're not going to climb. Just like in high school, I was just never that guy where I needed to be part of the cool crew. You know, for me, mm-hmm. I would hang out with the cool guys. I would hang out with these guys or that guy. It didn't matter to me. And it's the same attitude that I have with work. It's just a New York mentality. So I take everything. If I'm not working on one day and there's a job that, you know, there's a job offer of something, I will do whatever it takes in order to provide for my family. So this was a simple makeup test that most actors at my level would not do. And I had no prov- promise at all that there was any future work from it. I just hit it off as a friend with Brian, gave him my business card after about uh, six hours. I was in the chair, very patient. I had previous experience of uh, doing photo double work on uh, Van Helsing. I was uh, with Frankenstein and I was with Hugh Jackman and a dear friend of mine, Will Kemp. We did a film uh, years later together called The Midnight Man. And then I was also an orc in uh, Bright with Will Smith. So the thing is, hmm. is that half the people, half the actors actually will get claustrophobic. Jim Carrey actually hired a Navy SEAL in order to teach him patience to go through an extensive makeup process because his was about six to eight hours. Mine took oh, two man. hours in the morning and it took an hour to get off at night, but he gave me the most extensive, uh, which I was so honored to have because obviously, hopefully, uh, God willing, by next year, it'll be a, an action figure. And I'll tell you, I've been joking around, but I'm dead serious. It, it, to me, that's more uh, means more to me than an Academy Award just because the reason I got involved in this business was because of the fantasy world because of all those great 80 movie, 80s movies we grew up with in terms of E.T. and Goonies and uh, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Back to the Future, um, all those kind of fun films, uh, not to mention John Hughes, of course, as well. But the fantasy world was the reason I got involved in terms of escapism and in terms of just trying to have people kind of have that level, that, that escape when I perform. And to me, that means more to me than any other project and even yeah. sometimes the craft of acting itself. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And just to be part of like that legacy, you know, have that have that Star Wars title attached to your name now. It's, yeah. uh, you know, it's forever. Right. It, and uh, it's something that you that you love. And, and now you're a part of it, which is which is awesome. I, so. I can't tell you. I just want to call out the fans. I, I just I've never received this amount of gratitude and love. And again, we're talking about a featured side character, you know, and thank God it's, a you know, I think it's amazing that it's a one of a kind bounty hunter. But still, I, I can't tell you how many shows I've done over the years. And I mean, I might get one or two shares, you know, being on NCIS or Cold Case, even a, with a really nice guest star. But I mean, the Star Wars fan base has just embraced me. I, I posted something. Uh, I, I had a coin created of my character and I posted it about an hour ago. I'm going to be a millionaire in about <laughs> two hours. <laughs> it's just, I'm going to yeah. sell out of this thing literally in a, in a couple hours just because the fans are just absolutely amazing. And I, I can't wait to embrace all of them 
uh, throughout a convention tour uh, next year. Really excited. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. If you don't mind my asking, how did your your character name, how did that come about? Uh, that's it's, a great question. So Brian, Gecko, right? uh, when he was doing Drax over in Guardi uh, doing Guardians of the Galaxy, he was over in Atlanta for quite some time. He did one, two, and three, and then whatever the spinoffs were with uh, with um, Bautista there. He was with him the whole time. He must have created over 100 prosthetics, literally, maybe per film for Bautista because they're not able to reuse them. Each time he had to go into a sauna to have it melt off him. And I think it, they got it down to getting him in uh, in his uh, costume, I think, in about an hour each day. It was, it was it, you know, they, they kind of mastered it, which they kind of did with me as well, where they already uh, pre they created the paint on the, like, the crown of the prosthetic. But basically what it was, and I have it posted on my Facebook page. I also answered a question today from Twitter because somebody was like, well, is that official? Is that a, an official name, Gecko the Bounty Hunter? So what ended up happening was um, he did this Greenpeace project, and there's a female model that he modeled after a gecko. And hmm. the model had two humps on its head. Now, you got to imagine this. This is, this is hilarious. So I go to wardrobe, and then he, he said, Dom, I'm going to give you the most extensive makeup. He gives me the two humps on my head, looks very much like a gecko. He gave me the same paint style as he did his model from two years prior. So I go in, uh, it, this is a screen test in front of Poloni and Favreau, I'm like behind this moisture farm or in this moisture farm um, to where they've got a little bit of uh, special effects behind me and they just want me to walk around. They want me to, you know, kind of just stay in character, kind of this imposing and tough kind mm -hmm. of presence. And the two bumps were there and they wanted me to reveal myself because I have a blue robe. And so they wanted me to kind of do that Luke Skywalker Jedi thing, right? <laughs> so yeah. there were a couple other uh, bounty hunters and I, and I I poke fun at myself with this because they're both, they're all cracking up at me. And I'm like, wait a second. I'm like, all right, these two humps. I said, no offense, Brian. And he's like, what, what's the matter? I said, I, I got to tell you, I said, this is kind of like borderline. They look like boobs. I'm not going to, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I said, I do not want to be a Star Wars meme the rest of my life. So uh, it was not my decision. I mean, it was Brian and Filoni and Favreau, but I just said, please, I'm six foot four, 260 pounds. Is there any way you can make this a little bit more badass by, by Monday? And yeah. at first he was hesitant. And then, you know, he understood. And, 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 and like I said, I think somebody else was kind of snickering when I took the hood off. So he adjusted it to horns and the horns just look completely badass. And again, a six foot four bounty hunter. I got this shape of Kane Hodder from uh, who played Jason in Friday the 13th. So I think that's pretty cool and hopefully will be a really cool figure uh, for the extended series uh, as, as the Mandalorian uh, merchandise goes on. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, how was it like working with, with, with uh, Dave Filoni and, and John Favreau? Do you, you spend some time with them or? Uh, sure. Well, yeah, I mean, it was a very, you know, it's tight quarters on set. Well, first of all, just uh, two amazing stories I'd love to share with your listeners. I uh, had the privilege my first day. Uh, it was John Favreau's birthday, but who was there? None other than uh, George Lucas and Kathleen Kennedy. So that was oh, wow. really special awesome. to walk into the cantina. I was actually one of the first to walk into the cantina and just having his arms folded was Lucas. And it was really uh, quite something, I think, as a Star Wars fan, somebody who is basically, you know, <laughs> yeah. part of your dreams and your imagination. <laughs> that must have taken you a, a moment, you know, to soak that in. Uh, you must have gotten weak in the knees or something, eh? It, it re I really did to a certain extent, and it really was something. Um, at the same time, you know, I've been around, you know, A-listers for quite some time. So you have to understand, you have to stay professional on set, and you have to make mm -hmm. sure. So it wasn't like a meet and greet, but at the same time, it was just such an honor. The other thing that was really special, and I wish I could have shared it with every Star Wars fan, um, was that I was presented with a prop table with about 20 blasters, and I got to pick my own blaster as a bounty hunter, which to me was absolutely amazing just to be able to have that opportunity 
to uh, to select my uh, my my blaster. I w- of course I wanted to go with the biggest one, even though we had 15 hour days, 16 hour days of filming. Yeah. It was about an eight, it was an eight pound blaster, but I, oh, I said man. you know for the figure itself, I gotta you know kind of suck it up here a little bit and, and go ahead and uh, and yeah. <laughs> for the fans Filoni uh, <laughs> yeah. and, Fa- and Favreau amazing leaders uh, just so pleasant so peaceful um, there was a book I read one of my odd jobs used to be restaurant management and one of the terms in terms of just being a good leader is constant gentle pressure and that's what I would uh, associate Favreau and Filoni with in that they would guide uh, when Filoni was directing the first episode and then I had the privilege of working with Deborah Chow to where every now and then Favreau might pop out and just have a little tweak or a little adjustment but mm-hmm. you can just feel just this effortless, pleasant feeling on set, which I never felt before, to where just everyone was in sync. It was like a very tightly run ship. And get the, of course, Disney was going to get the best of the best from the first AD to the second AD. But just yeah. everyone was on point. And it was just such a pleasure to be a part of a production like that, where there was respect from everyone down to the feature bounty hunters to, to the top of the, the, the food chain there. So it really was such a pleasant experience. Filoni and Favreau, you just had that feeling that you want to grab a beer with them. But they just have this pleasant smile. They're the ones who ultimately approved my look. I mean, God forbid, they could have just said, no, we don't want this look. They had to do a cut. Uh, After this cantina stuff that you see within the first episode, they had to do a cut for the following week. And I made that cut. And that was because of Deborah Chow, uh, who I'm very grateful for, along with Filoni and Favreau. So Mm. I owe them a a lot. And I'm so grateful, of course, to Brian Seip and then the uh, costume designer, Richard Apora, uh, for doing just such an amazing job with my costume, because then, uh, unfortunately, about 10 people got sent home. Oh, man, that would have been a bummer. Yeah. yeah, I mean, still, you know, of course, you still get that cantina stuff, but it's like, you know, getting your consolation prize. If if all I had was these out-of-focus shots from episode one, I mean, g- granted, I'm so honored, at least I'm immortalized to a certain extent, but but I want this juice that you're gonna about you're gonna see pretty soon, and I, I think hopefully uh, they, they got a few good shots of me there, so really excited. Yeah, no kidding. I'm looking forward to seeing possibly, uh, you know, a six-inch figure show up and on the shelf, <laughs> Black uh, Series or something. Please come you... out to God's ears. And I, I have so many friends that already have uh, taken initiative to uh, create figures and kind of like a wink-wink to to Funko and to uh, Pop and to um, uh, to, to uh, Hasbro and all that stuff. So fingers oh, crossed, yeah. you know, when you're dealing with a TV series, just like I have worked on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I played a Cree on that uh, for a few episodes. Um, you just don't know what they're going to do when it's a TV series or how much they're going to extend the merchandise line. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you, I mean, the fan support of just, you know, the illustrations, uh, the people that have just been doing uh, all these different pieces of art of my character. Uh, hopefully that's going to resonate within the uh, merchandising company. And, and yeah, group. for sure. And, yeah. and uh, I think it looks like a pretty cool uh, figure, if you ask me. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Was it was it Star Wars that got you into acting by any chance or was it something else? Uh, ultimately, yes, uh, because the music of John Williams, uh, it, it pulled at my heartstrings when I was a child. And in terms of that level of expression, seeing the sense of urgency and the passion from people like Harrison Ford, the music of John Williams, the conviction and also the emotions uh, of what you know pulled out. I mean, even, you know, with Spielberg's movies, with E.T., um, just to have that emotion as a child and to want to be a storyteller to a certain extent uh, in that light as well. Um, absolutely. I Specifically, I started my high school musical Grease. I played Danny Zuko, and I was uh, there was <laughs> nice. about a thousand people in my high school auditorium, and they were screaming and yelling my name. And I, you know, I, I'm a good singer. I'm not a Broadway singer, mm. um, but it, that alone uh, gave me just an incredible high. More than sports at that time, I was always a baseball player. I love baseball. I love pitching. I love striking people out. But there was nothing compared to that adrenaline rush I received on stage. And uh, mm. starting at 18, I started off Broadway, and then. 2002, the rest is history. About 
again, about 100 uh, credits from this point. Uh, we just guest starred on a popular American show last night called 911 on Fox. And then we'll be on uh, a new Fox show called Deputy with a nice guest star uh, January 30th. So all good okay. things in that regard. But but literally, I, I'm, I'm really excited to genuinely almost take a year off to next year and just bond with the Star Wars fans, brand this character, and also be involved in a tremendous amount of charities. For me, uh, giving back is very important. It's something I've done throughout my small career. Um, and it's something that I want to do on a higher level right now, being that we have garnered this level of attention here. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, just uh, just you tell me these stories. It reminds me a, a lot of like the symmetry you have with Samuel Jackson. Like Samuel Jackson got to pick his own lightsaber. You got to pick his own bla- your own blaster. Um, and then uh, you know he, he just uh, you know what I mean. Like there's a lot there's a lot in common there with that story. Absolutely. And and you know you as a Star Wars fan, I could hear it in your voice. I, what broke my heart was I was amongst uh, actors and obviously professional, and obviously mm-hmm. they did an amazing job. But it just broke my heart because I knew that so many other Star Wars fans would have just had the same glee and joy. I had to contain myself because a lot of times, you know, people are sitting, there's that old movie Big with Tom Hanks and Big, he he ends up getting his first paycheck as a grown up. It's like $167, right? Yeah. And he's freaking out because he's just like, this is like the most money he's ever seen before. But like John Lovitz <laughs> is in the next booth and he's like, yeah, this place really sucks. And so for me, it's like the same thing. I'm not saying anyone had a negative attitude, but nothing compares to a diehard Star Wars fan of embracing every single moment on set for the 15 hours. People were like, well, you know, were you in pain when you were doing the makeup or spray? I was in my glory from start to finish. And I, there was no other job I've done in my life to where after the 16th, 17th hour, I'm sitting here just high as a kite because I'm I'm in my glory, you know, being on, on the set, our beloved set of Star Wars, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, man, that must have been surreal. Yeah. Yeah. By, by any chance, is your, is, is your favorite Star Wars movie Return of the Jedi? Uh, no, it's Empire Strikes it's Back. Em- I, Empire know, Strikes Back, okay. Yeah, for me, I mean, what makes Star Wars so special is the mythology, um, which I thought the teachings of Yoda, obviously, are so beautiful and so inspiring, no matter what age you're at. And then also, Star Wars is about family. So for me, I came from a broken home, and I just recently realized that Lucas had a problem with his father in terms of wanting to go a different path. But mm. for me, it's just kind of was the same thing where, you know, my father and I, you know, we get along now as friends, but we didn't really see eye to eye when I was a child. And that's a beautiful thing about sci-fi and fantasy. For me, it's not about the pew, pew, pew and the lightsabers and the ships, even though they're really awesome to look at. It's about the depth of the characters and the stories that parallel to life. And for me, that father-son bond and that father-son conflict is basically pouring out to the reality of life. They had a simple version of that. And recently, I went with my sons to go see the Lego movie a few years back. And it was kind of the same thing where, you know, the son is kind of playing out his relationship with his father through this movie. Um, yeah. So things like that to me really resonate because it it connects us to the human soul and the human journey uh, in terms of our life. So Empire Strikes Back for me, I thought was just uh, the best hands down. Yeah, yeah, it's very deep. Do you um, did you ever listen to the podcast? Um, I believe it's Making Star Wars or something. Um, it was it was like a almost like a biopic sort of based podcast. It was a uh, it was unabridged and it was kind of um, it was based on. George Lucas's life and and how he got Star Wars Episode Four like off the ground wow. um, back in the seventies. Yeah, it's a fantastic podcast. Like I highly recommend it. Um, but yeah, yeah, you should check that out. It's it um, it really kind of uh, hits home with with all the inspiration that kind of 
you know, he had, uh, and, and like you said, like his, the issues that he had with, uh, with his father going, uh, you know, a separate direction than what his, his dad wanted for him. Uh, it's all in there. Like it's all covered. And, and a lot of the stuff, like I had no idea that, you know, any of this stuff happened and, you know, how he was in a massive car accident and, and, and such and such, but yeah, it's fantastic. You should check it out. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. I mean, at that time, I think even Alec Guinness didn't want to do sci-fi because it was deemed, I did a B-movie last year. It was a sci-fi movie uh, for um, the Sci-Fi Channel for Asylum. And a lot of times, you know, uh, sci-fi is usually associated with just kind of like a a B-level movie, especially at that time. So, I mean, you know, what he had to break through must have been just absolutely amazing. But obviously how grateful we are that he did, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Him and, and, and a lot of other people who were, you know, extremely successful at the time. I mean, like Peter Cushing, uh, you know, well-established actor and, uh, you know, he, uh, was, you know, featured in, in, uh, in Star Wars and, you know, it's, it's crazy because, you know, Star Wars was, everyone thought it was going to be a, such a failure of a movie. And then when it came out, it just wowed audiences. So, yeah. um, yeah. Were you there for any of the first screenings or were you too young? Um, no, I was there for uh, Empire Strikes Back when I was six, but I had the Cantina playset and I was listening to the music. I remember on a big, uh, a big record player at the library. So that was when I was initially introduced to it. And then I remember uh, the Muppet Show would have like, you know, I mean, they would have like their cameos and things like that. I, w- I would recall that. But ultimately, I think it was the action figures. And my mom has this. It was a big 13 uh, inch comic book that is just holding together now the best it can. Um, yeah. but that was how I was initially introduced to uh the star wars but the first experience was a packed theater at six uh watching empire strikes back and that to me i still remember every moment of it and also just a compliment to harrison ford you know he was one of my greatest inspirations not only indiana jones but the legendary han solo where he had charm and charisma and he was just such an alpha in so many ways and mm-hmm. I, I think you know hollywood has just kind of gone awry with that to where I, i'd love to see male actors do that again to where you know they yeah. take charge and they have that charm and they have that charisma um you know now it's just it's so sensitive in terms of one issue or the other but he was just so magical to me in every single way and that was something i always wanted to um to model in my performances uh, throughout the years yeah no absolutely yeah uh, if there's a if, is there a role that uh that uh, people can uh can watch you in uh to get like a, a good sense of you know your your character that like uh, if you're Harrison Ford is such an inspiration to you is like is there a role that you brought kind of that inspiration to the board um you know it's funny I mean it really was a low budget uh situation there I started a film called Megalodon last year it, it actually got horrible ratings due to the fact that they tried to stuff a hundred million dollar budget in a fifty thousand dollar uh, um, film, you know, and that's pretty much yeah. all that they had. But if you go on my IMDb, I have a handful of different clips. Uh, and some of those things I'm, I'm proud of in terms of just some of my work throughout the years. Um, I do have a sociological thriller that I'm starring in next year that I'm very proud of called Anonymous Killers. And uh, that deals with a lot of uh, uh, situations in our country in regards to those who come from privilege and those who don't. And, and everyone's going to have their own opinion on it. There's really no right or wrong answer. Um, but that's going to be coming out early next year. And I'd, I'd love people to check that out. But for now, if you YouTube or you uh, IMDb my page, uh, you'll see some of my reels there as well. So absolutely. Yeah, fantastic. Is there a way that fans can, uh, you know, uh, yeah, what uh, your social media wise and, and uh, yeah, connect with you in a way? Absolutely. And I'm, I've been so grateful. I've been getting so many compliments from everybody. And what people don't realize is like, I'm, I'm one of you. I'm a fan right now. Yeah. So uh, interacting with the fans just means the world. Forgive me if I don't get back right away. It's just 
been crazy the last few days. Um, but uh, Dominic Pace, on whether it's my personal account or the fan page or Instagram, Twitter, uh, or LinkedIn, uh, always happy to reach out. And, of course, if anybody has any uh, questions, always happy to answer. I love this voice command now, so I don't have to sit there with my thumbs, my big thumbs and type. Uh, oh, man. It's great where I'm able to voice command a message yeah. uh, and also leave messages for fans and also voice notes and stuff um, or videos to, you know, if it's somebody's birthday or something like that, just to cheer them up. That's the thing I'm most excited about. It's just the positivity of the Star Wars community to where I'm a part of that, to where I'm able to touch somebody in a positive way. It just means so much to me, especially now later in my career where I can do another hundred prime dramas. But it's just for me, it's more fulfilling to be part of what I loved uh, all along. And that's the Star Wars universe. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, if, if, if there's anything I have to say about this, like, you know, Dominic, uh, you know, Star Wars like Lucasfilm needs more people like you on the set. You know, you you know so people, much. yeah, they need more people like you and in, in characters and just like yeah. fully really soaking it in uh, just the full, you know, the the importance of of being in, in this franchise and, uh, you know, being part of that inspiration for for future fans and stuff, because this is going to go a long way. Absolutely. So, uh, and that was the first thing I was thinking about. I had this one moment in the cantina where my face uh, was turned away from the camera. And I just wish I could have had every Star Wars fan who was enthusiastic be part of that moment. Because it was this first time that it was a three-dimensional experience. And I was remembering my toy playset as a kid and thinking I'm inside my own playset right now <laughs> as a character. It yeah. was just the weirdest, most surreal feeling ever. But uh, like I said, it, you know, for me, it's about sharing. And, and I hope that other Star Wars fans, real Star Wars fans, get a chance to, uh, to experience that as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. Well, Dominic, thank you so much for coming on and, and chatting all about your experience on, on The Mandalorian. This is fantastic. So congratulations again. Thank you so much for your time. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks so much, Dominic. I'll talk to you later. Okay, take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. You too. Bye. Dominic, thank you so much for your time uh, with with us right here on the show, talking about uh, your story as uh, this bounty hunter on uh, The Mandalorian. Uh, I really hope that the fan community drives uh, the name Gecko forward into the canon. And uh, I really hope uh, all the best for you and your career and your role as Gecko, that we uh, that we see Gecko again, that you have the opportunity to return as that character on screen uh, with some dialogue and uh, with some action. That would be fantastic to see. Uh, you're an awesome guy. Uh, thank you so much for your time and for coming on the show and for sharing these stories uh, with your fellow, uh, with the fellow Star Wars community and uh, your fellow fans. Uh, you know, it's 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 one thing to chat with somebody in the the industry who's been acting, but uh, it's a complete unique experience to talk with uh, someone like yourself who's been acting on behalf of uh, you know a, a love for Star Wars and uh you know being a reason that you even got into acting in the first place it's uh it's something unique and uh it it's something that uh should not go uh you know unsaid uh that uh we need more people like you on the set of star wars uh acting out these uh these roles because i feel like we don't get enough of that we don't get enough people uh fully appreciating the scope of what they got uh, as a role on Star Wars, you know, there's a lot of actors that haven't even seen a Star Wars movie that land one of these roles. So, uh, you know, uh, on behalf of the fan community, I want to congratulate you and, and thank you uh, for your time and uh, for your role as Gecko on The Mandalorian. It's it's an amazing feat. So uh, thank you. And for all those listeners out there, uh, follow him on Twitter, Dominic Pace. 
has a Twitter account. Uh, his handle is at Dominic P. Pace uh, on Twitter. Uh, he's also got these really cool collectible coins. He's uh, got listed on there uh, with his face on it as Gecko. Super cool collectible items, so check those out. We got a Twitter account as well. It's at SW Escape Podcast, so follow us up. Shoot us your questions, comments, feedback. Share this podcast with your friends. It is completely based off word of mouth, so your support is greatly appreciated. Uh, So I want to thank you again, Dominic Pace, for coming on the show. Thank you to all you listeners out there. Thank you for listening. And uh, go watch The Mandalorian. The next episode is out on Friday. May the force be with you.